Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My interview today is with Bobby Mata. He's a Toronto magician. He's a mentalist. He's an entertainer. He's a, he's a businessman. He's a guy who used to sell cars, and uh, or at least was connected to that industry. And he's going to talk a little bit about that on the on the podcast today. But he talks mostly about how he's taken all these different skills and he's brought them together in a really integrated way how he's indwelt these things to to make a difference in in his world uh, with respect to the business that he's building that's turning out to be a huge success that he's now a company called trick theater that he's now taking into the u.s as well so he's going to talk a lot about the actual specifics of his performing but uh, he's going to talk about interpersonal skills and how things like that and uh, have have applied to not only his business sense but also to uh, how he performs on stage. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Bobby's one of the nicest guys in show business. He really is. You're going to you're going to love him. You got to go see his show. It's up at Dave and Buster's in Vaughn. Uh, check him out online. You're going to hear more about that. But BobbyMata.com, and don't forget to check out my site, DavidPeckLive.com, for more info about my public speaking, my book, Real Changes Incremental, and of course, we're nearing 200 podcasts online. So check those out as well. Bobby Mata coming soon to a theater near you. Well, welcome to Face to Face, and I don't think I could be at a more appropriate place for this interview, but we're at the Browser's Den of Magic here, and our guest today is Bobby Mata. Thank hey, you. Bobby. Is it Bob? Can I call Bobby. you? You can call me whatever you want. I don't care, but I changed it from Bob to Bobby when I hit uh, 30. So. When you hit 30, nice. That's sort of the other way, isn't it? No, you don't you I've, get more formal as you get older? I don't know. I, I thought it, I, was, I was feeling the age hit, so I, I thought, I you know, maybe I should twist yeah. it up. You know, we're yes. in the industry. Yes. Industry folk do things Perhaps backwards. Perhaps I should ask people <laughs> to start calling me Davey. <laughs> Davey boy. Yeah, Davey boy. There's a real elegance to that, I think. I think so, too. There is actually uh, uh, two people. There was a, when I was in the trade as an electrician, a guy called me a, 
uh, uh, Irish guy, Samwak, called me Davy. Yeah. And uh, Dave Mary, who we both know, right. uh, calls me Davy still to oh, this day. Oh, is that day. right? Yeah, still to this day. And they're the two people, I think the only two people I would let get away with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the universe fixes it quickly, though. As soon as I, as soon as I changed it from Bob to Bobby, I started losing hair, so. Interesting. <laughs> the balance was there. <laughs> Something's going on there. Yeah, yeah. some disturbance in the force. Yeah. So what the hell are you? Are you a magician? Are you a mentalist? Are you an entertainer? Uh, a combination of the three? Uh, I think at the end of the day, we're all entertainers under that umbrella. But um, I was all of those things, and, and I had to go through a learning, learning curve to figure out who the, who the heck I am, really. Because <laughs> at first, it was just magic, just like all of us. You know, it was card tricks. Um, and I came into the, into the game quite late. I came in at, at the age of 30, and I'm 40, wow. 44 now, so it's only been like 14 years. So I remember it was my first year anniversary. We were in Vegas. I walked into a magic shop, and I spent about six hours in that magic shop. Wow. Blew all my money. Your anniversary? My first year anniversary, wedding anniversary. Wedding, okay. And, uh, and I walked out of there with every single nook and cranny of magic you can think of, and that was it. It was obsessive, compulsive, every single second of every day for a long time. So thereafter. is that really where the pebble was dropped in the pond for yeah. you? Like, yes. was there nothing before that? Yes, there was, but it was the same thing that everyone else experienced. Maybe a little bit more deeper for me because my uncle was, um, he, was a, he wasn't a magician, but he was a um, hobbyist. And uh, when I was around four or five, he showed, me his, he showed me a couple of tricks. The first trick I ever saw was, did I ever tell you the story with the chiclet? I don't think so, no. It's hilarious. Okay, so he had a false tooth that he was able to pull back with his tongue. <laughs> so he would take cool. a white chiclet, yeah. he would palm it, yeah. he would pull his tooth back and show the chiclet, oh. take it out. Oh, come on. And I would think that's his tooth. He would put yeah. it in his pocket, snap his finger, open his mouth, and his tooth was back. Okay, that's ridiculous. So and how old were you when you saw this? Four. So you're not going to believe me, but last night I was talking to somebody about how I got pulled into magic. Yeah. And it's never one thing, right? As we both know, yeah. it's relationships, it's people that you meet. But there was a guy, Gord King, Uncle Gord, mm -hmm. not related, but mm -hmm. I called him Uncle Gord, not a magician. Yeah. But I can, I'm getting a shiver, Bobby. I, rem I can see the painting on his wall, and he would reach into the waves that this sailboat was, and he would pull a dime out, oh. out of the waves. Oh. I'm getting shivers, man. Yeah. And I'm convinced that that was the seed, that wonder, you know, at the risk of sounding corny, that wonderful yeah. seed that was planted. And then, of course, there was a few other things that happened later right. in life. But we would go over, and he would all, and he was a bit of a clown. Right. Always a real comedian. Same you with know, goofing around. Same thing. Sam, sounds yeah. very similar. Familiar, yeah. So you were, what, four, so five, four, six? four or five. And every, you know, every time we'd have, like, a little family function, what a, he'd... What a great trick. Yeah, he would, <laughs> he would do that. And he also did the other stuff, you know, making the hanky disappear. So he was and, kind of into magic a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was okay. a hobbyist, and he had the, you know, the, the, all the little coin stuff and just the gimmicks. And I remember back then... I didn't care so much for the magic. It bothered me to the point where I had to know. Mm. So I wouldn't leave him alone. And I said, you know, you need to show me. And when he showed me, it didn't kill it for me. Like most people would, you know, if they see a method, they're like, oh, that's how it's done. Okay, so move on to the next move thing. On. You pass me the milk and cookies. For me, it was more like, oh, that is amazing. I want to do it everywhere I go. See, that's kind of cool to me that 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 uh, uh, it's kind of the, the the I suppose the paradox of the method for the magician mm -hmm. because magicians do seem to want to solve problems, right? 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 right. On some level. Oh, here, here I want to I want to float. Right. How do I figure how out how to float? You so it's a problem to be solved. But for you, it was. It sounds to me like the method actually drove you further into the further wonder, into which it. is kind of paradoxical yeah, in a it way. Is. It right? is because you don't hear that all the time, right? No, no. For, it's, for me, it was amazing. 
And I think maybe that adds to the creative side of what I do because of my product line and everything. So I create a lot of my, my own magic. I create a lot of magic that I sell to the magic community as well. And, and I think that maybe had to do something with the fact that I love the, the theory behind it. I love the principles behind it. I love the, the way the, the thinking goes into, the, into, into how to solve that problem you know and I love that it just makes you know it makes me drool and and I go to I go to bed oftentimes you know when I'm having a hard time falling asleep and I try to solve problems with magic you know like this is here's the illusion that needs to be created how do you do that and I start running through what I can do and I also always have a notepad next to my bed because mm -hmm. sometimes it hits right yeah and of you're course like, Ooh, yeah. there's a solution to that I'm yeah no I, I tell everyone uh, my students write everything down Everything, 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 magic, yeah. whatever, thought, poem, mm -hmm. line, chapter, title—you never know is, what it's yeah. going to lead to. Bits right? of business, gags, yeah. jokes, yeah, the, no the notebooks. Yeah, yeah. Um, there should be, there should be a series of them in your library, in your sh on a shelf at home, collecting mm -hmm. dust right now from the last 10, 12, 15 years of your life. Seriously, I, 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 it sounds crazy, but I, I, I have about seven hundred and fifty post-it notes too. That I have to <laughs> that's dig right. through that yes. make no is sense that at wallpaper? all. Wallpaper? No, actually, it's, no. It's sadly, it's just that's my shelf. Well, you know what? That's that's storyboarding. Yeah. Right. That's how films are made. Right. Right. I, yeah. I read a great uh, book on on how, um, uh, writing screenplays just recently, just sort of opening up a, a new world for right. me. And this writer says you you need forty cue cards. Mm -hmm. That's your film. Mm. And wow. each cue card gets a couple of minutes, and right. that's that's your scene, right. and another scene, and then you worry about the segue and what's the crosscut right. and what's right. the fade and what's right. you know, and it's actually a really smart way to to build a show sure. as well, right? Mm -hmm. um, so. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by your Vegas trip and your anniversary. Sounds delightful. Mm. What was it? Okay, so you took away a lot of stuff by the sounds of it. I got the props and everything. And I came back. And and but what? What was it that grabs you? What? So I'll tell you. This is what happened. At that time, I was going through a rough period of my life, and and I um, I had a car dealership. I had a subprime lease company turned car dealership. In essence, I was leasing cars to people with bad credit, and it turned into a car lot after doing all the repos. I think you may have leased me a car. <laughs> Maybe I did. So, <laughs> and uh, and I and that business is so cutthroat, mm. and I'm just not that guy, and, and, mm. and it broke me down. So I liquidated the portfolio, and I was in in heavy depression at that time. Hmm. So I I took a year off and did nothing because it had failed, or because just, of your it was just my my mental state and, hmm. and the business alone. I was young, you know. I was I was under twenty. I was just about twenty. Right. Uh, sorry, uh, under thirty. Just yep. you know, reaching. Yep. My, and I hadn't, re you know, reached that goal in my life that I wanted to, and, and the business was really hard on me. There was just dealing with people with low credit and and having to repossess cars, mm. and you know, it's a yeah. grungy business. You know, I would dealing think with so. Used car dealers and that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, it wore on me. I was, I was, I wasn't, I wasn't tough skin enough for it. So, I stopped it, and um, and that's when I got involved in the magic, and, and that was my outlet. So that was for me. I was like, okay, this is my drug. This is numbing the pain. Mm. Uh, this is my outlet. This has been fantastic. So I literally just engulfed myself, maybe in slightly an unhealthy way, because I think if, if you're a magician, you have to be somewhat OCD. So <laughs> to some degree, I yeah, think there's some truth in that. That's what happened, you know. And I stayed home. Or my maybe wife, performer, maybe even right, right, right. Uh, of some kind. So my wife went out, worked. We had a small apartment, a dog, and I just practiced magic all day. I watched the illusionist videos, Brad Christian's videos. Uh, I read all the the books. I had I have I had a library of books and literally just you know got really good at doing my close up work. And uh, my wife said, you know what, just go out there and do a gig. Doesn't hurt. It, you might like it. 
and because I was doing magic for everyone anyway, so right. went out, did my first gig, and it was horrible. <laughs> went out, did my second gig, it got better, and then eventually I was working restaurants like everybody else, and um, that was, you know, that happened for a few years. I put out my first effect that was a, a called Voodoo Dust through with, with browsers with Jeff, and that was a year into magic. Wow, you yeah. were one year into magic and you one were already creating magic. stuff. I created my first trick and it sold well. Yeah, so Murphy's picked it up and, and we started selling them and I made Murphy's money. Murphy's being a big magic distributor Huge, in the States. Yeah, yeah. Big, big magic distributor in the States and and that did well and uh, yeah, it was great, you know, and then and then I went on from close up to doing a parlor show. I did my first stand up show for a small group at um you know, at a, at a function. And I realized this there's more money in this, so I started doing stand up um, more like comedy magic, mm -hmm. and it didn't do so bad. And then I decided I want to be an illusionist. So I'm, I'm giving you the fast pace. Story. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. And then I started getting the big box illusions, and I had trucks hauling around. I did a, a seven dove, uh, dove act. Wow, I had no idea. Wow. I had a huge dove act. I had a huge bird coop in the basement, <laughs> and then I produced a dead dove at a show because <laughs> there's you know there's only so much time you have. CEO of Bank of Montreal was there talking. Went for an extended 15 minutes. Dubs are having a hard time breathing. My last dub didn't make it. And that was it for me. I was That's like, going to be the title of your autobiography, by the way. My last dub, <laughs> my last dub didn't dub make it. Didn't make <laughs> Oh, I love that. Yeah. i got to write that one down. Yeah. My last dub yeah. didn't make yeah. it. I'll write it down here, but we've got it that now recorded. That is so good. That is so good. So, not... Uh, and, were, and, so the next show, you were protested. Animal rights activists were there. The that's whole it. Works, right? That's yeah. it. It was no. It was it it, it. it. Actually, I played it off pretty good. It worked out well. <laughs> but then I, you know, I, I stopped doing that, and I realized I was getting praise for all the routines that had um, dialogue and interaction, mm, and, and those routines are, you know, more of a mentalism style, you know, routines. And I started noticing that those are the routines that people are reacting well from. I'm able to be myself and more comfortable, you know. I can actually pack one case, go do this exact same show, get paid the same amount of money, if not even more, mm -hmm. have a better act that suits my style. So that's when I switched over about seven years ago to being, uh, well, more, I think it's about six years now, a mentalist. So yeah, yeah. I branded myself as a mentalist. So do you think you brought some skills to the table as a, a sales guy, as a guy that actually had to sort of slog it through the dirt, if you will, repossessing cars and so on? Was there any skills there that... You know, you brought to the performance, uh, hundred to the stage, fifty percent. Maybe not to the stage, but maybe to the phone when you're booking the show. Interpersonal skills. Yeah. No, yeah. I think more so. The, the, the every, I mean, it, it all played together. I always say that you know, most magicians are are artists, and artists ha don't have a real business sense. So they're quirky characters that they don't know how to how to close a deal for the life of them. So I think I, that was a real big part for me. Is I had a real keen. Uh, insight on business. I was mm. I was mm -hmm. doing car sales, and um, I had my own business, and and I was able to close deals really good too. So that was a, an amazing factor in making things work for me. So put those together, mesh those together, and, and it worked out well. So funny, you know, that you say interpersonal skills. A lot of the acts I know, and I'm not just pointing fingers at at magicians, but I'm talking variety acts uh, as well as musicians don't tend to excel right. at interpersonal skills right 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 yeah there's this sense of the the loner or the the nerd right or the comic book collector type of guy who Introvert, sits in the corner introverted weirdo. Not, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 
And, and I mean, I think I can say that because yeah. I kind of fell into that category myself to, to a large degree. And I go back to, you know, what, what you said about sort of why you, you know, uh, you got pulled into magic. It was your drug. It was your outlet. Right. And I think for those, those introverted folk, those loners mm -hmm. in the room, I'm not sure it's the drug or the outlet, but it's, it's a way of, I don't know, a way, <laughs> can I say this? It's a way of masking the pain. Sure. No, but it <laughs> you is. You know what I mean? 100%. As crazy as that sounds, 100%. I think there's some truth to that. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's interesting that you say that because, I mean, I, I, I don't have a, a lot of friends in the industry. Um, I, and when I, when I have someone that's a friend of mine like you, I can, I can have a normal conversation with you. Right. <laughs> And it's it's so comforting that that there is a few <laughs> in the industry that you can actually look at and talk to like a normal human being, right? And so the, the few that I have are you know are good friends of mine too. So clearly, though, okay, and we don't have to go down this road because sometimes you know some of the people I interview don't want to talk about mm -hmm. families and so on. You know, you've talked about your wife at least once, maybe twice. You know, she pushed you, and I talk about Elizabeth all the time. So she clearly was a huge support mechanism for you. And Monster. so this idea of going out to do the work while you're home, mm -hmm. hang on, let me get this straight. You want to do more card tricks? Mm -hmm. And you're what? Oh, right, and you're not making any money. Right. Oh, oh good for you. No, my wife right? is, she's... And so then she's the one that gets you out on the street doing the first me. show. She's always been that. Like yeah. That. Yeah. If, if anyone was to meet Alana, my wife, they would... First thing, you know, once if you get to see her, which it's it's very, she's very transparent. You'll know exactly what kind of character she is in the first ten minutes. And as <laughs> nice. soon as as soon as you get to meet her, the first thing everyone always says, they turn around and they, they say, "You are lucky. You are really lucky. That is amazing. Yeah. That is one amazing." Do you know what a friend says to me? Hmm. Yeah, David, you married out of your league. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get the same thing too. I get the same thing too. That's cool. But I think I think it's a really important insight in uh -huh. the whole. I mean, I think it's an important, and I want to talk a little bit about business and, and entrepreneurship and where you're heading now with mm. Trick Theater, your new company, which is crazy from what little I know. And, and we can talk Dave and Busters and so on and how you've sure. taken this, you know, working for yourself in your basement, basically, mm. or your wife and your dog, into what's turning into this little uh, 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 empire. Mini empire, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, which it's, is crazy. Yeah, it's blowing but, up. But I think it speaks to the... I think it speaks to the um, the um, the um, the support mechanism, right? Or right. support mechanisms that you need in place to do anything well. Right. Right. Your family. Uh, inf it's we're talking about infrastructure. infrastructure yeah. For relational sure. yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. yeah. Right? No, I agree. I agree. And I think you know there was. I mean, for for, for anyone, there's a, a learning curve, and and there's ups and downs, and there's trial and error but as long as you know the, the support is there as long as the vision is there and as long as there's drive you know not only that but if there's passion you know this right. is this is our this is our passion and, and we're so lucky that we found our passion and are able to make a career out of it and now she's she is the business time. right she's she with is. you 100 percent. she's not on stage yeah right she's, she's never not she's, on she keeps it ticking She's the one. Yeah. So she's the. She, yeah. Is she the brains behind the operation? Is that what you're saying? I don't want, uh, well, let's. You know, is this, is it, are we still recording? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. Of course she is. And the thing is, like, she has a, an, a background in accounting. She's right. Really wow. good with numbers. She's so we got strategic. sales guy. We got accountant. Accountant. She's, yep. And she's very strategic. And she's very organized. And she yep. has a calendar. She, all her timelines are being met very carefully. If something's not met, she shifts it accordingly. And 
she's very, very, very strategic and she works very hard. One of the hardest working people I've ever met in my life, if not the most, right? And with, uh, you know, with my creativity and with her hard work and ethics, we just, we're, we're a pretty powerful team. Yeah, you sound like a great team. Yeah, we're a powerful team. Yeah, and, and it sounds like out. she, and, and uh, you know what, and again, we're going to go at the risk of sounding corny. It does, you know, uh, I, I think I, I sound some, there's some similarity, similarities here uh, between your relationship and, and, and mine and Elizabeth's. Mm -hmm. there, there's a genuine belief in what you do. Right, yes. This isn't mm -hmm. just, oh, geez, I'm going to, all right. Here I'll, we go I'll, again. Here we go again, <laughs> yeah. and I'll support the guy because I love him. Yeah. But no, there's there's a genuine belief in, and passion yeah. there. Oh, yeah, Alana's amazing. And when she sees something something start to stick, she gets excited, and she gets emotional, and she's like, you, you know, this is amazing. And she's right behind it 100%. And is she a good critic, too? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a very good critic. You know, yeah. and she, she wants things to work, so if she thinks... That there's something out of line. She's she's the first one. And to, don't you to need that as a, I mean, as the guy on stage? Forget about the business for a second. You're the guy on stage. You need somebody that you trust mm -hmm. who's going to say to you, oh, "You know what, Bobby? I don't I don't think that it's yeah. not really you. Yes, or that's not working. Or mm -hmm. you, maybe you you know maybe you should think about yeah. right. And if it wasn't like that, then I wouldn't be going to her. And it's I I'm, I, I'm always going to her first. You know, yeah, she's the cool. first person I go to and say, yeah, take a look at this for me and tell me what you think. And she stops and she listens, you know. Yeah, and that's, listening's huge, it seems yeah, to me. Yeah, it's huge. And yeah. I, I see her listening and I see her processing it and she gives me honest feedback and she's so good at it too. So it's I, like, think there's a, I think there's a huge insight, you know. Um, to have somebody critique your, your act mm -hmm. or who you are or to comment, I think it has to presuppose a pretty intimate, deep relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. If you got a director, I think, I mean, don't, don't actors always... Uh, the, you know the, the DiCaprios of the world. Don't they mm. talk about trusting their directors? Sure. Yeah. Of course. Right. Of course. You've got to have that trust. Yep. You've got to have that relationship. That net's got to be there. Otherwise, it's water off a duck's back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because you're going to question yeah. where the critique is mm -hmm. coming from in mm -hmm. the first place. Sure. Right. So, so how do the two of you, as entrepreneurs, then go from Dave and Buster's? And you can talk about what that means. Most of us, I guess, know probably mm. out there in the listening mm. podcasting world know uh, what that is. Um, but you're now doing weekly shows, and now you're taking, you're almost franchising this under mm. a company called Trick Theater. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like it could be bigger than the microchip. So, uh, so do tell. I mean, so it started off, and I'll try to go as quick as I can. Because I, I want to hear about the entrepreneurial side of this. Sure, it's sure. fascinating. Yep, so right when I started doing this whole magic thing uh, 14 years ago, um, into my first year, I developed a relationship with Dave and & Buster's and they have this amazing space that seats about 200 people and I did my first show there. Yeah, are you switching again? No, no go. Okay. No go. Uh, I did my first show there and that's when my relationship started with them and uh, I would do one-offs here and there with them and going back about uh, five years ago, I started doing regular shows once every Friday and it was very difficult to, you know, figure out what the sweet spot is. The dem you know the demographic in Toronto and in Vaughan and uh, the yeah, type this of is show outside it is. Of, this is outside of the heart of the city, right? Right, right. You wouldn't and expect a magic show to be to do in this well area. or anything. Yeah. And how do you market something yeah, like exactly. that? It's so yeah. different than Vegas and, and, and Broadway and well, and, and you're not in the theater district. You're it's totally different. Yeah, you're you in know. the suburbs. We had the luxury of having you know Dave and Buster's be there and support us, but what do you do with it? So. Um, I was a corporate guy for so many years, and, and I had some corporate clients, so I would have, I would have a list at least, so I would invite people. And in any event, we started doing the, the Friday shows, and they were very slow. So the first year of doing the Friday shows, I didn't make any money. Second year, we started figuring out 
different marketing techniques, how to do this, what to do, what tricks that we can, you know, I guess wheel in to make this happen. And we started to make some money. We started to break even and, and go in the green. Third year, we started slipping in some other stuff and we really went, you know, we went right to the wall and, and lit the fire hard. And I'm talking like we worked morning, noon, night, every day, read books, called people. Uh, you know, we tried everything. We spent money. We got uh, marketing companies, advertising companies, different agencies. We did everything we could. And it finally, like, hit the sweet spot. We made a deal with Dave & Buster's with their game cards. Uh, they gave us those game cards with, and the luxury of selling at their front door. So we had their walk-ins. Now people are buying the tickets from walk-ins and... And, and we're doing the Groupon deals, and we started selling the show out. Wow. And this was Friday nights. So we decided the shows were getting so busy, we need to do two shows. So we started doing two shows every Friday. And then uh, Saturday became available to us uh, because Dave Curran was there, and he uh, he's no longer there. So Saturday became available to us. And then we started doing two shows on Saturday, two shows on Friday, and every single show was selling out wow. throughout the winter months, and and um, and that we were only doing this throughout the winter months, and then we decided let's go through the through the entire year. And this has been like five years now, four shows a weekend, and we're we're so doing was, fairly well. So you know, you said you kind of hit the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. You know, was it a, was it really about trial and error? Was yes. It, was it more social media versus print ads? It was everything. It was a bit of, a bit of everything. Eh? Everything. And it's longevity. This is not, you know, we needed, we yeah. needed time to figure out how to do this. And we finally figured out how many people we can seat in there. We need to have different type of menus. Where to market, how to market, Google, uh, what advertising agencies to use, what kind of marketing techniques are required. Because it's so different. The, the marketing for this type of theater is so different. And then we realized that, you know, the most important thing is the show has to be amazing. show's got to be good still, right? And no being question. there yeah. for five years doing shows so many times a week, the show just got better and better yeah. and better. And now it's like a, it's, it's a, a show that everyone that comes to see it is guaranteed that they'll be back at least within a month or two with guests, if not the next week. So every weekend when I'm there, tonight I'm doing two shows there, and we have, I think, about... Um, over I think close to about seventy five people coming back to see the show. Wow! And they've ordered. And do you online. keep do you keep stats on all that stuff? Like, do oh, you well, Alana does. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she yeah. she Amazing. always lets me know. It's like, by the way, we have uh, this many reservations, and this many of them are repeats. And is that because this is all now? Uh, is it app driven? Like, are you? Dri it's everything driven. We have apps. We have also we have a um, a system that we're doing with ballots. So everyone fills out a ballot at the end of the show, and they get a free ticket at the, nice. on their birthday. So nice. we have yeah. So we've wow. you know, all these little tricks that we've used, and and those ballots have been have been. So amazing, somebody, so. I love this line. You know, the only thing more expensive than hiring a professional is hiring an amateur. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you got to do it over and over, over and over again. So, did you guys step outside of your own frame of reference often to oh. get that kind of insight? Yeah, I think you, if you don't, you're never going to learn. It doesn't work. So you have to, you have to. And we did that all the time. We still do it. Yeah. You know, and I think now that we're in a, a real sweet spot, Dave and Buster has realized, wow, this is a this is working. People are coming back. They're loving it. They're seeing their you know rise in their revenue. The numbers are up. Toronto, out of the 150 stores that Dave and Buster's has across the states, Toronto is, I think, top three for the past wow. five for the past five years. Okay, what does that tell you? Yeah, exactly. There's something yeah. going on. Something going on there. So the regional manager noticed that, 
took it to head office, and they're like, there's, there's something's, something's to be said about this entertainment side of things. Dave and Buster's, they have video games, they have pool tables, they have a restaurant, you can watch fights um, and drink. They don't have live entertainment, but they have the space for it. Yeah. They yeah. don't do anything with it. They just use it for corporate functions. So they came to me and they said, do you want to help us with this? And I said, no, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll replicate this model and I'll go and do it at all this What I love you, about so. it is, you know, just we'll, I want to get back to the are you a magician, are you a mentalist yeah. in a second here. Uh, talk more about the entertainment. But what I love about the business side is it's, it's I mean, it, it wasn't like you were driving by Dave and Buster's and mm-hmm. said, geez, we got we to gotta, we gotta turn this into a, a, an entertainment empire. Right. This is, this developed. Passion. This was very, started this with evolved, magic. right? It started yeah. with the magic. And it I was just want this. a stage so I can do my show. Yeah. I want people to see this show. I have a show. I love my show. I, I need to be on stage, you know. And no matter what happens at the end of the day, as long as I'm on stage, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go nuts, because that's that's you know that's I need to do that for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't you don't ever see yourself. I mean, it sounds like it's growing, gonna grow huge from what you've told me about how you're now you know you're now looking at other acts, other Dave and Busters. You're, sure, you're moving yeah. into the states. It's gonna go beyond Bobby Mata for sure. Right, right. right. It's gonna have to. Right? right. It can't grow otherwise. Right. Um, uh, but st- you still need to be up there. You don't. You're not. You're not going back no. behind a desk and a cell phone anytime soon. No. Okay. No, 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 that's, that's not going to cool. happen at all. So, that's my so, agreement. <laughs> so, we hire people for that. <laughs> so magic is about sort of um, uh, bending the reel, as a friend of ours would say. Uh, Jay, you know, is taking something and turning it into something else. It's about creating wonder. It's about mystery and so on. You've taken on this whole mentalist uh, persona, I guess, in a way, without... Um, what's the word? It's almost like you've demystified mentalism for mm. me. Mm-hmm. You, dare I say you've made it entertaining? Well, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's evolution. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, yeah. like, I yeah. heard, who said this? Ozzy Wynn said it best, and he said, you know, magic is not about creating a, something new, because that's rarely ever done. If you see, there's nothing really new out there. All it is, it's a reinvention done better. It's us evolving. It's that same effect done 30 times over with all these new things and it's gotten better and bigger. And I think acts are the same thing. Like, you know, you look at the old school mentalist. I can actually read minds and bend spoons. And then out comes Darren Brown because people are getting smarter and you can't insult people. And he says, it's okay, no, that's not how we do it. We use psychology and, right. and, and facial expressions. And then he made it entertaining. So where does it go from there? You know, and then you can you can start adding to it. And I was kind of fortunate that I was able to see all these things and, and say, hmm, I can brand myself like me and I can use this and I can take it to the next level and, and do whatever I want. Um, yeah, but it's entertaining. Yeah. So do you find, so you don't, you don't claim, I mean, well, maybe you do. Uh, do, do you claim to have some access no. that others don't? No, this is pure entertainment for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only thing I do well is that I'm comfortable on stage. <laughs> right, right, right. So do you feel though that... Uh, Let's reduce it magic to a card trick for a moment. Mm. Is there something more relational about the kind of show that you do now? Is 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 it more interpersonal? Is it because you're supposedly reading someone's mind uh, or telling them something about themselves that there's no way you could ever know that? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, you know I, th- I think I think if I if I could rewind for a sec, I think that you know being introduced to certain books um, like. Ken Weber's book on maximum entertainment, the five points with Juan Tamara's that, that talk about entertainment as opposed to just tricks and making people 
you know, or amazing them with a certain, you know, effect or something. It, they talk more about the entertainment side of things, like the, the arc, the emotional arc, the rule of three, um, stage presence, positioning, audience management. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what trick you do because if your audience remembers your trick and not you, it's not a good show. That's mm. not what, you know, mm. they don't, they won't remember that anymore. Mm -hmm. It'll fade. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If they remember you and your presence and what you did on stage, that's a, that's a, that's a good show. Yeah, you want them going out of the theater and going, wow, that was great. That was Not, great. That trick was great. Yeah. Or wasn't it amazing how he did this? The trick's amazing, but the experience is lost if they right. don't know right. who was there. Right. So I, I totally agree with you. I think that that's, you know, that's important, and, and that's something I was able to kind of like understand a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, I've wondered some, I mean, I've certainly heard a lot of people, a lot of variety acts, a lot of uh, uh, comedians even, you know, sort of, look down at, at magic or the craft of magic in a way because it's just all about this effect or it's about this moment. It's, it's, it's not about the experience. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm talking about. And right. it seems to me that mentalists are trying to create more... It's not just about, about theatrics, but it's about... Speaking about theatrics. Yeah, yeah. It's about, <laughs> it's about uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's, for, the, for the listeners out there, we have... Yeah, the, yeah. The, Too bad we're not on video right now. And he's running. <laughs> he's running. That's, that was uh, Jeff Pinsky. Jeff Pinsky, the, the owner of Browser's Den. Wearing a crazy lap. hat. Yeah, he, he was naked. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, and I wonder if the, 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 the desire of mentalists is to create more of an experience. That sense, that holy smokes, what just happened there because I think and this is the frustration for me I can still watch beautiful magic today mm -hmm. and whoever it is I don't care who it is and go wow it's mm -hmm. it's awesome and get a shiver and in mm -hmm. fact I'm getting a little bit of one right now as mm -hmm. I kind of remember those moments yep. but ultimately sadly mm -hmm. we go to how the heck did you do that yeah yeah it becomes you know, a puzzle it becomes a puzzle and it I just I don't know if we can ever get away with yeah. that I hope we can get away from that um, but I wonder if that the mentalist experience is a little more, I don't know, spiritual or... Uh, well, it's funny you that know, you say that. You know, I, this is... This working is, on another plane, you know? This is the beautiful part about, about having the luxury of doing my shows. Because at the end of the shows, I take pictures with my, with my audience. They come, they say goodbye to me, and I get feedback. And the feedback... It's nice. And you got to listen to this. Good. So the feedback is confirmation for me. And the feedback is... I oftentimes get... I know how you did that. I know, <laughs> how, you, I know how you did that last one. And I, I'd love to hear it. Tell me. And they always say, well, you were looking in his eyes, and I saw his eyes look to the left, and you were talking about neuro-linguistics programming and <laughs> how the eyes move, and I'm like, ah, busted, yeah, for sure. That tells me yes. that the way I sold it was the way it was perceived. I, I did my job. Like, that was right. it. So right. I'm, I'm happy with that, and I'm grateful for that, that I actually reached the goal that I wanted to reach, is, is I wanted to, you know, being, being in, this in, in, in this field... Being deceptive is what you want. The more deceptive, deceptive you are, the better you sell your effect. You know, you've, you know that's that's the goal right there. And, and when these guys give me that confirmation, or when they say, "Can you tell me how my grandmother's doing?" Mm. And I say, well, where is she? She's been dead for seven years. <laughs> you know, that's so you do get some of that all the time. Wow. Oh yeah. So how do you deal with that as the entertainer? Do you same question that I just got asked at the other podcast as well? And oh, is that right? Yeah, and it's 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 funny because it's got to be a bit I, tough. I don't know how to answer that. I yeah. always say I don't do that. You know, and I'm 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 strictly here. As, and as don't you have a disclaimer right? of some kind at the right beginning, at the beginning of the, the show? Beginning of the, hey guys, I'm an entertainer for heaven's sakes. By no, the way, my my thing is I'm I'm. You know what I do? And most people say, oh, magic. And I'm like, no, I'm a mentalist. You know what a mentalist? does so mentalist creates the illusion of mind reading 
Mm. There it is. Mm. I just told you that I'm going to create the illusion. The rest of the show, yeah. Yeah. take it for what you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, take it, process it, enjoy it. And I always tell them, I'm like, this is our bubble of mystery. Don't question it. Just go in the go in the pond. Follow me. Right. Right. You know, and and, and they love that because I look at them and they look at me and they're like, okay. Take me so there. speaking to Lawrence Haas recently, who's written a book called Inspirations, philosopher, really thoughtful guy, really smart, a wonderful magic, great book, by the way, you got to read it. it, reminds me of reading, uh, going back to reading the books of Wonder by Tom, Tom, Tommy Wonder, Wonder yeah, really yeah, yeah. interesting stuff, and just real beautifully written, etc. Lot, lot, and, and a podcast coming up soon with him as well. Oh, great. And some insights about lots of other things too, not just mm. about magic. But, but he really talks a lot about that experience mm. in, in, in the other Right, right, and and, and I, I, Lawrence is an entertainer. There's no question, but he's also, I think, trying to play with the the person or the audience's perception. Uh, you just spoke about that a little bit. Is that kind of what you're doing too? Does that drive you to the stage? I mean, it's not just an ego thing. It's not just about I got to be on stage because I love getting applause. Mm -hmm. This this goes a little, or I want to make lots of money. This goes a little deeper than that, doesn't 100%, it? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, and and. It's not about ego for me. It, it started off as an ego thing because yeah. it really did feed into it. Sure. But for me, you know, every time I go on stage, I'm a little bit nervous. I want to make sure that everything is okay. I, I take note of the fact that the audience paid to see me. Uh, and nice. I always whisper to myself before I go on stage, love your audience. Give yeah, them everything you got. And I always just think that this is the last show I'm ever going to do. Right. So it's, I go with that mindset. I heard it once before. And every time I go on stage, I remind myself, this is the last show you're going to do, so make sure it's the best one you got. And it's yeah. because I want them to really enjoy themselves. I I get joy out of seeing an audience respond and have fun at the edge of their seats with a smile on their face, getting their money's worth. You and is that? it about creating that moment of escape for the audience, would you say? Like kind of like, oh, I go to the movies because I want to escape from the real world. Or do you actually want them to question the real world? No, 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 no. I don't want them to question the real mm. world. I mean, that's a whole different thing. That's a spiritual thing. And I think mm. that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's for, for me, it's important in my life because perspective is everything. you know. Sure. And, and sometimes we need to take a look at what's happening around us and open our, our eyes and see if there's anything else. That's, that's separate from that. But I would love for people to come into that showroom and for that little while that they're in there, everything else is quiet and gone. And now they're walking down Mystery Lane. So some, some of the things that, I mean, what, what does magic do to you? The first emotion that you get when you, see, when you see something amazing is you're in shock. You don't have any expression. Your mouth opens up and you're questioning reality at that, <laughs> that moment. I, I can't what tell follows you, after that? Yeah, the first thing I ever saw was this crazy bit that when I do a kid's show, which is pretty rare these days, mm. I still do. And the reaction of, uh, uh, of, the, of myself when I was six, and I remember it, I you can go back there, there. You see it in their faces. I see the exact same reaction. Right? And so when the, same, the mouth is open. Right. And there's this, it's wonder, it's mystery, it's holy smokes. So it's what, but what happens right after that? What follows that emotion? Rarely a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> but right after that moment of awe where their mouths are dropped and they're in shock, laughter ensues. Oh, yeah, no. For, and in this particular case, yeah. It's, yeah, they, yeah. it's, it's natural because yeah, as yeah. human beings, if some sort of a, a crazy... Uh, event takes place as long as no one's hurt or injured everybody always laughs yeah yeah you drop a glass and it's about to smash on the floor and you grab it yeah people giggle yeah, yeah uh, if you yeah, see someone yeah. run into a wall turn around yeah. and rub his nose and laugh 
everybody. Well, laughs. there's something very human about that, right? There's something that we're 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 all in the same playing field now, right? right? It's I interviewed this uh, 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 Buddhist Lama recently who studied under the Dalai Lama, mm. uh, 15 years wow. in Tibet. Unbelievable, this guy, right? Mm. And and his sense did of humor talk, was. Did he talk at all? Or? Was oh yeah, yeah, he did actually, yeah. But he tells me, and uh, I will tell this for the rest of my life. He tells me about the first Tibetan fart joke. Wow. You know, back in the seventh century, and it's written. It's in a poem. It's really? about yeah. And I mean, I've got the reference at home, and I, I anyway. But 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 for me, uh, my response was, well, Glenn, doesn't that kind of just kind of level the playing field just a little bit, and and and, and humanizes? And Do you know what just happened? Everyone just paused this and went to their computer and put the, <laughs> right, for, for right. the first Tibetan, t- Tibetan fart joke. Yes, first Tibetan fart joke. I don't know if it would come up as that. But I want to Google that's that. Certainly what that's I'm what I'm doing it. after this. Yeah, I, yeah I, I wish you well with that. So can you remember, uh, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up in a couple of seconds, Bobby, which is crazy, but can you remember what the effect was? What was it? That, tell me a little bit about that Las Vegas-like feeling on your anniversary. You're there, obviously, enjoying one another. Uh, but and, the, and, the, and your the time one that, moment that, that totally just, messed it was like I, this is it man yeah. I, I'm in yeah. I'm in like I just drank the Kool-Aid yeah um, and maybe it wasn't it an was, effect but oh and you know I, I, I feel terrible for not remembering his name but he created you might remember his name it's the guy that created the floating uh, glowing little ball and he owns a magic shop in Vegas. Do you know what his name is? I no? don't. Not off the I, I, I wish I had it with me. Was that the... he? That was the one. So what happened is... Well, it, it wasn't actually that. It started off with a floating bill. Floating bill? Okay. And I've never seen anything float like that in real life right. in front of my right. face before. Right. So I right. walked in the shop. He looked at me and he put a cup in front of me and he rolled up a little bill, put it on top of the cup. I thought he was going to drop it in the cup. When he right. let go, it, was... it stayed on top of the cup. And then it moved off the cup, around his hand, back into the cup dropped into the cup and he put it in my hand and I remember looking back and screaming for Alana, Alana, <laughs> come here, come here. And I remember, I, I have this vivid memory of what I felt in my body yeah, yeah. and how it just, yeah. you know, I looked at that and I thought I was seeing, I thought I, thought I saw a spaceship. Now, <laughs> imagine if there was no fear, if you knew we had visitors coming from a different planet that were going to come and bring love Right, and you and you saw them pull up in, in that UFO that was shaped like a heart, and there were good people or aliens. Yeah, that same feeling you would get seeing that is the same feeling you get seeing something float in the air in front of you. It's that same feeling of like, this is happening right now to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. oh wow, what the hell is going on? And I had that feeling, and and then he goes, if you don't, if you like that one, watch this. And he brought the ball out, he made it glow, and then he started floating it all around his body. I just about passed out, you know. <laughs> and I think, wow, this What's, is amazing. You were you were ready for that. In some in that. some way you were ready for that experience. Perfect timing. For, for whatever reason, right? So it brought it to me. Whatever it was, it brought it to me and it brought it to me the right time and Yeah. And yeah. wow, did it ever hit me hard. My God. And and everything else after that was just like it was just like more. More lethal tender, you know that trick. There was a desire to. Just, there was a desire for access. Yeah. You just kind of insatiable desire to learn more. To I perform. missed that, by the way. Right. I don't see that very often nowadays. When when we have a lecture, a good lecturer that comes and and does something and, and fools us with it, rarely do I see that. But when I do, it's, oh, it's such a good feeling. Yeah, it's cool. It really is. That's awesome. Um, well, listen. Why don't we uh, Why don't we talk about doing part two? It's getting awfully noisy out there in that store. This magic sure. store is very busy here today. That's uh, you know, okay. all that chit chat in the background, by the way, folks. Is uh, 
a group of uh, crazy magicians out front, probably working on some yeah. new card trick. That would be my guess. Yeah, Can probably. you tell me just to, a couple, just wrap it up with Trick Theater? New Trick Theater would, is the yeah. company that hosts uh, all the magic shows throughout Dave and Buster's in the states. Um, so we have Ohio, we have Pittsburgh, we have North Carolina, we have Baltimore, Philadelphia, and it's going all that we're just expanding more and more every month. We're adding a new shop in, and we're looking for ultimately the best you know, the best guys in that one state and to give them a residency, a nine, uh, 11 month contract for residency to do four shows a weekend. Uh, so we're, we're looking for that all the time. And, and just, I'll wrap it up with my vision for this. Yeah, so my please, vision yeah. for Trick Theater is to use Dave & Buster's as a hub, because there's so many of them, as a hub, to not only bring great magic to the public, but to also give those guys that do great magic a shot at doing it. Because mm, right nice. now there's too many guys in our industry that are amazing at SEO and you search Magician Pittsburgh and you get Joe Blow that doesn't know how to do a show but is great with SEO that pops up <laughs> and he does not deserve to be on stage before this guy. Who's well, you're providing experience. people an opportunity, which I think so, is so cool because there's so few places where you can get a stage. Right. I mean, it's crazy, but it's a little. there's a little vaudeville here. Yeah. In trick theater, yeah. it sounds to yeah. me. Like, but that's you know, my vision. So, I mean, at, at the end of the, the tunnel, my, my vision is that people know this place called Dave & Buster's is not only the place that has a lot of video games and stuff, but did you know that this place yeah. has some of the best entertainers in the world? Yeah. Let's go watch yeah. a show tonight. Yeah. It becomes yeah. like a yuck yuck. Like and is it going to be just about magic? Magic mentalism? Um, it's going to be magic mentalism. It's going to be uh, hypnosis. It's going to be under our kind umbrella of, variety, of magic. Of a variety of things. Nothing outside of what we do, though. This right. is, it's, right. it's that. Right. You, know. you also create. So so your site, if people want to get to know more about you, is Bobby Mata. That's M-O-T-T-A dot com. Bobby Mata dot com. That's yeah. me. If you want to book me personally or come see the show at Dave & Buster's, it's in okay. Vaughn. Um, but you also create. Create, yeah, still so I have a product are, line. You, you are still selling things. You oh, are yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the product line is there, and it's called modamagic.com. So cool. If you guys are all any of any. And when do you when do you sleep? Uh, very rarely. Yeah, that's my guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, I got a ten month old at home too. That doesn't help. So. <laughs> that's not gonna help. <laughs> this Listen, is a blast. This yeah, was fun. Thanks for joining me today, Bobby. So uh, check them out online, bobbymata.com. That's m-o-t-t-a.com or. You know, if you're thinking about getting into it and you're looking for that floating ball of light, modamagic.com or at least that similar experience, check that out. And for the heavy hitters in here. We'll, uh, we'll do part two again. Absolutely. In the ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.